and welcome to UX Shortcast. Every day, I handpick the hottest articles from the last 24 hours to bring you the coolest and most exciting updates. Get ready for a quick yet catchy snapshot of what's new and buzzing in user experience. Ready to get inspired? Let's jump in. Today, on February 4th, I have the pleasure of inviting you to another episode of UX Shortcast. In the piece, The State of Inclusivity in 2024 by Catalina Manea, we're shown that companies often miss the mark on really including everyone. Sure, they might show diverse faces in ads, but when it comes to making products, they often forget about different needs and perspectives. The article argues that we need to truly understand and value all sorts of people when we make things, not just rely on what we think we know. Real change has to happen in the way companies think and act, beyond just what they say. Some progress is happening, like with companies making products that consider a wider range of people. But there's still a long way to go, and it's not just a job for designers. It's on the leaders, too. In the article, Can UX Design Solve Review Bombing? by Daily Wilhelm, we learn about a big mess on Goodreads where book ratings are getting trashed by folks playing dirty. Imagine you're picking out a book, but you can't tell if it's good because some people are gaming the system, leaving fake bad reviews to make their competition look bad. That's what happened with an author, Kate Corain, who got scared her book wouldn't do well, so she went and left a bunch of lousy reviews on other books to boost her own. It backfired big time, and now Goodreads is trying to fix things so this kind of cheating doesn't mess up their ratings. Wilhelm suggests that smarter design on the Goodreads site could help stop these shenanigans before they start. Radita Dwi-Putera dives into how game-like features are spicing up donation websites in the piece. Gamification meets the altruistic world of donation platforms on UX Planet. Here's the scoop. Donation sites in Indonesia are getting a makeover with fun rewards and points to get more folks to chip in and help out. These platforms are already big on helping with all sorts of causes, from education to animals. But not enough people are using them, especially online. So, they're adding game elements to make donating more. Engaging. It's like turning charity into a game where you can earn badges or see your progress, which might just get more people on board. The article lays out some smart ways to design these gamified features so they really work, making sure they fit the whole giving spirit without turning it into a show-off contest. The piece I read, New UX at UI Tools in January and Challenges in February 2024, by sirgushkin.com, is all about the latest gadgets and games for folks who design websites and apps. Think of it like a toolbox and a training ground rolled into one. For starters, Figma's got this thing called the February Challenge, where you get a daily mission to flex your design muscles. It's like a workout for your creative brain. They've also spiced up Lottie, making it easier to whip up fancy animations that'll make your projects pop. Then there's Galileo AI, a nifty gizmo that's like having a robot that sketches out your ideas for web and mobile layouts. You just tell it what you're thinking, and it'll draft up something slick. Miro Assist is still in the testing phase, but it's like having a Swiss army knife for brainstorming and planning. It's got all these features for mapping out your thoughts and getting your research in order. Lastly, there's Amy, which is like a personal assistant that keeps track of your schedule, emails, and to-do lists all in one place. 
The article's a heads up for anyone who digs making user-friendly tech stuff, giving them the scoop on tools to try and challenges to tackle. In Quantum UX Research by Alex Cerquera, the main point is that new tech like quantum computing and AI could make figuring out what people want from products way faster and smarter. Right now, understanding customers takes a lot of guesswork and can be biased. But with these fancy computers that can do a ton of calculations at once, and AI that can learn and analyze data, companies could almost read people's minds to design stuff that really hits the mark. This means better products for us and a leg up for businesses that use these tools. But the article says we gotta be careful to protect people's privacy and keep things fair. Sarah Tan dives into the world of user experience with her piece, UX for Human-Centered AI, How to Do It Right, which is part of a series on making AI products that really focus on people. Now, AI is a tricky beast. It's always learning and never perfect. That can make things unpredictable, so designing for it ain't like anything we've done before. Here's the lowdown from Tan's playbook. First, you gotta pinpoint where AI can actually make things better for your business and your customers. Then, make sure what you want lines up with what you can actually do with the data and tech you've got. Next, get creative and think up new ways AI can enhance your designs. The meat of this article is about explaining AI to folks, keeping it real so they know what to expect and can trust it. Lastly, think big picture about how your AI will touch society and try to dodge any negative curveballs. In short, it's all about making AI work for people, not the other way around. In What's Needed, the design approach for learning human-centered AI, Sarah Tan emphasizes that designers have to step up their game for AI technology. It's not just about making things look good. It's about understanding the tech's complex nature and what new things it can do. Just like a craftsman needs to know his tools, designers gotta grasp AI's quirks. Like it's not always right and it's always changing. They gotta be ready for surprises and know the limits of what AI can do. Sarah's saying that to make AI work for people, designers need to learn some new tricks. In the role of rapid prototyping techniques in transforming digital healthcare, Bansi Mehta explains how making quick test versions of digital health tools can save time and money. Prototypes let designers see if an app or system works well for use, RS before it's fully built. By trying out simple paper models or more detailed digital ones, they can fix problems early. This avoids wasting cash on big changes later. It's like practicing a play before opening night to make sure it's a hit. The goal is to make healthcare apps that work great for doctors and patients without breaking the bank. In Confessions of a Content Designer, by Jazz Deogan, we get a behind-the-scenes look at what these pros really do. They aren't just typing up words, it's a big job. They research to make sure what they write is spot on and helpful. They plan out content strategies, figuring out who should read their stuff and how to keep it on track with company goals. They fix up their writing, making sure it's error-free and fits the brand. They work with design folks to make sure their words look good and are easy to use. They talk with different teams to make sure everyone's on the same page. They also tweak content to rank better on Google and keep readers hooked. They handle the nitty-gritty of posting and updating content online. 
They check how well their content's doing and make it better based on feedback. And they keep learning to stay sharp. Content designers are like the masterminds who make sure the words we read online are useful, clear, and engaging. Thank you for listening, and I invite you to another dose of knowledge tomorrow.